0: Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this Sabbath that you give us today. Help us to, to worship you, to bring our minds, Father, to you, and that you can fill us with your Holy Spirit. Please, I put myself in your hands, that you guide me, and that um, your words could be, um, be spoken through me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was the year 1972. Um, I lived, I grew up in a small countryside in Puerto Rico, small community, and on those days in, in, in school, there were basically no rules for age, where, you know, how, how old a student can stay in elementary school. I remember there were children there or young people, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, still in elementary school. There was the time where basically it was not a norm, you know, to be up to 12, you know. So in 1972, I was in third grade, and I remember I was playing outside in the half an hour free time that they gave us in the morning. And we were playing, and there were some older guys playing with the ball. Okay, it was probably about a soccer ball size, and they were playing, and the ball, at one point, went in my direction. And for me, I was just only about, you know, eight years old. I just kicked the ball to throw it back, you know? And I tried to kick it as strong as, you know, with all my strength. Well, it went and hit one of the guys in the legs. For me, it was not a big deal. You know, the guy was probably 13, 14 years old. I was eight, you know. But the guy got mad. The guy got mad. And he came to me, and he suddenly threw a punch and hit me in the back. And believe me, I felt that my back and my chest compressed into one. It was so hurtful. I started crying. I start crying because it was painful. As I'm crying, through the tears, I see that the guy is getting in position to throw another punch. And I knew this was not going to be good because now I was facing him. And as I'm crying, through my tears, I see that somebody stepped between us. And when I looked, it was my cousin. My cousin was watching. And my cousin, even though he it was his, own, this, his same age, he was stronger and bigger. The guy stepped down and said, you know, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And my cousin turned around and cleaned my tears. Put his arm over my my shoulder. And say it's okay. Come with me. And he protected me. You see that guy. Was a bully. Satan. Is also a bully. And so was Pharaoh. The king of Egypt. Through more than 400 years. God has tried. To bring the knowledge of God to the people of Egypt. He did it through Joseph. He did it through the food. When he brought such much food throughout seven years. And he did it through the famine that happened during those seven, next seven years. He saw it. How the, the people of Israel was prospered, they multiply, and they prospered in that in Egypt. But when one of those kings rise up that didn't know Joseph, that king was a bully against the people of God. But even though he was a bully. Even though he mistreated the people of God, the people of God continue to prosper. Because God was in the midst of his people. They have been, at that point, many, many opportunities for the people of Egypt. To recognize God as his God instead of worshiping other gods. There you go. Uh, Not going. Yeah. That would be a good idea to turn it on. There you go. Good. (laughs) And they had been... At this point, nine plagues that had been sent over the people of Egypt. And Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, has not recognized God as God. So, there was the final plague that was going to come. And it was the death of the firstborn. And it was prophesied even before the ten plagues Um, started. Um, Israel is my son, my firstborn. That's what God told uh, Moses to tell um, the uh, Pharaoh. And says, let my my son go or your son, firstborn, will die. So this is a, a battle between the firstborn. The firstborn is Israel. That's the firstborn of God. And then you have the firstborn of Egypt. And there is a battle to see which of the firstborn is stronger. Because the firstborn in the kingdom, okay, that were born from the king, they were supposed to be the next king. But God called Israel to be the firstborn. After nine plagues... Pharaoh refused to free Israel. Then the institution of the Passover, and finally the death of the firstborn plague is sent. Let's um, talk about the Passover meaning. The Passover was the opening feast of the, of the year. So of all the feasts that the, um, the people of Israel celebrated, that was the first one. That was the opening feast. It was deliverance from the bondage of Egypt, but it was also something else. The Passover was to be both commemorative and typical, not only pointing back to the deliverance of Egypt, Egypt, but forward to the greater deliverance which Christ was to accomplish in freeing his people from the bondage of sin. So the Passover was not pointing only to the deliverance of Egypt, but was pointing forward to the deliverance of sin when Jesus, our Passover, will come. They had to be select a lamb, okay, and that lamb has to be set apart. And it was um, in those years, the the beginning of the year was in fall during the fall, but in the uh, during the Passover. God instructed the people of Israel that the new year for them will start on the month of Abib. Early spring time. The month of Abib corresponds with the last of March and the first of April. And on the tenth month, on the tenth of the month, every man should take a land without blemish. That's important, without blemish. Okay? Shouldn't have a mark. And then kept separate from the flock until the 14th day of the same month. Okay, it was in early early springtime, remembering that the winter has just what? Passed. The winter has just passed. So now we are in the spring. Spring represents what? Life. Represents life. And Jesus is life. So how does this relate to Jesus? Jesus. How Jesus was separated. Well, Jesus Christ was condemned and set apart. The Sanhedrin condemned Jesus to death some, sometime before the crucifixion. One man should, be da, should die for the people and not, that, and, and not that the whole nation should perish. Caiaphas, he prophesied that Jesus uh, would die for the nation. And then, from that day on, they plotted to put Jesus uh, to death. And Jesus saw what was happening, and he tried to avoid, okay? To be open to to the Pharisees, okay? So, Jesus was, what? Set apart. He was condemned. He was taken to be, what? Crucified. He was the Passover lamb. Even though the Sanhedrin didn't know, they were setting apart Jesus as the Passover lamb. The lamb without blemish. It has to to be without blemish. It's a symbol of Christ, our Passover lamb. Should be without blemish. Christ, our high priest, tempted was as we we are without sin. As the lamb without blemish, and without spot. It has to be a male of the first year, a lamb. Well, when you think about a lamb, I was thinking, what about a lamb? What is a lamb of the first year? Well, it's basically a baby, correct? And people that like to eat lamb, they like to eat lamb because the lamb is tender. It's tender. So, tender, symbol of gentleness, concern, sympathy, full of life. The lamb is young, it's full of life. It's meek, quiet, uh, submissive, and it's joyful. Have you seen a lamb running around, jumping? It's joyful. So, what about Jesus? You see, when Jesus came to this world... To give his life for us. Um, We have that he was perfect. But the angels in heaven are perfect, no? Yes or no? Yeah. Why one of them didn't die for us? Well, Sister White says that when sin enters... what happened was that they broke the law of God, which is holy as God is holy. In other words, the law of God is the character of God. is, is who God is. Okay? So, how does this can look in practice? Well, I would say it like this. Jesus is a sort of righteousness and purity. You see... An angel cannot give you righteousness. An an angel cannot give you purity. Cannot make you pure. Cannot make you righteous. But because Jesus is the source of righteousness, because he he is one with the Godhead, because he is the source of righteousness, he can come and live in your heart and give you righteousness. He can give you purity. He can make you pure. Because he is the source. Jesus is a source of gentleness. If you have anger, Jesus can come into your heart and make you gentler. Jesus is a source of joy. Whenever there is destruction, whenever there is things happening around you that put stress in your life, when Jesus comes into your life, amid the problems that are around you. You will have joy. Jesus is the source of life. That's why Jesus can give you life. An angel cannot give you life. That's why when, we, when, when Adam, Adam and Eve um, sinned. They were, we were destitute just to what death. Because we were disconnected from the source of life that was God. But when Jesus died for us. He took our death such that he can give us his life because he is the source of life. The source of meekness, he can make us meek. Jesus is the source of love and every characteristic of Jesus is wrapped in his love. The lamb has to be slain. And the Lamb was slain on the evening on the 14th day, the Passover day. The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, at evening. The time of the sacrifice was around ni- the ninth hour or three o'clock of our time. Jesus was crucified on the 14th day of the month of Abib. So, that Friday, when Jesus was crucified, that was the 14th day of the month of Abib. It was the preparation of the Passover. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. At what time? Ninth hour, hour, at three o'clock. Actually, it was so impressive, it was so precise, it was so precise that the veil of the temple was torn in two, in two from top to bottom. Why? Because there was no need anymore for the Passover lamb to be, to be sacrificed. Jesus, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us there was no need anymore now how do they eat the lamb in each one of these things you see Christ and our relationship with Christ eating the lamb on that night okay the lamb is was supposed to be roasted on fire entirely with the entrail and the legs everything um, eaten with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. No bone should be broken. The lamb was roasted whole. In the morning, remaining of the lamb should be burned. The, the, the lamb should not be allowed to get um, putrefied or um, contaminated. So it has to be burned. Um, And they should eat it, they should eat the lamb with the bird on the waist, their sandals, and the staff on their hands. Christ, no bone broken. The scripture should be fulfilled not one of his bones shall be broken contrition of heart. The lamb was to be eaten with bitter herbs as pointing back to the bitterness of the bondage of, in Egypt. So when we feed upon Christ, it should be with the contrition of heart because of our sins. So when we come to, to Christ, we should, we should come with a contrite heart because of our sins. And that's what the bitter herbs uh, means. The unleavened bread is a, sim- is a symbol of Jesus' sincerity and truth. Unleavened bread. Actually, the leavened bread is a symbol of sin, malice, and wickedness. So even in the, in, the, in the unleavened bread, Jesus was a symbol of Jesus. Actually, after the Passover, on that day, for seven days, in the houses... They were not allowed to have leavened bread. It has to have, they had to have unleavened bread through seven days, okay, until the 21st of the month. That was um, a symbol of Jesus living in our homes. The truth of Christ. Truth. Jesus is the truth. Jesus living in our own homes, but living in our hearts. the armor of god so i was trying to to compare the do you remember when they had to put the the belt in their waist they had to put the sandals and they had to take their staff i was thinking what does that there is something in the bible that relates to that Well, one thing that I for sure is to, it means to be ready. And the armor of God, when God asked his people to put his armor on, is putting Jesus on. Is to be ready. So, I was looking into this. Having gilded your ways with the truth. That's part of the armor of God. And they had to put what? They belt in their waist. Symbol of what? Of Christ. Symbol of truth. They also haven't shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, they have to have their shoes ready. Okay? To go out. But not only for that. The people of Israel were supposed to spread the gospel. The standards were not only to run out, but also to spread the gospel, to be a light in this world. The sword of the spirit, which is the the word of God. Hmm. This one was hard for me, but I was thinking about the staff and trying to think about stories about the staff. Do you remember when um, Moses was before Pharaoh? And he threw the staff. What happened with the staff? Became what? A serpent. But the magicians, they, what happened there? The magicians also made their staff to become serpents. But one thing happened. The serpent, the staff of, of Moses, ate all the other serpents, showing power. Um, do you remember when people of Israel were in the wilderness? Moses touched the rock and water came out. Power. When, people, when the people of Israel were before the, the Red Sea, God tells Moses to rise up his staff. And as the sea to what? To open. Symbol of what? Of power. Also, the staff is a symbol of protection. Shepherds use staff. To what? To guide. But that's the staff that they use also to protect the flock. So it's a symbol of protection. And People use the staff as they are walking to what? To lean on them. To have some support on the the staff. So I was thinking about this concept. And actually, the Word of God is powerful. Yes or no? Have you been in a situation where you have quoted the Word of God because you are in stress? Because you have issues because there were problems around you whatever it was happening around you and you have quoted the word of God and suddenly peace came to you. Have you done that? It has happened to me many times. Have you been in situations where you have quoted the word of God for protection And the Lord has protected you? Have you come to the Word of God looking for support? Because you are in a difficult time. Maybe you are going through a very difficult time. And you go to the Word of God. And sometimes it had happened to me that I just opened the Bible and read. And it was exactly what I needed. So. I believe that. When God told the people of Israel to put on the belt, to put on the, the sandals, and to take the staff, it was pointing to the armor of God. They had to be dressed with the armor of God because they were going out of Egypt. What about the blood on the lintel and the doorpost? They had to take with the with a bunch of hyssop, They had to go dip it in the in the in the in the blood and touch or strike the lintel and the doorpost, basically the frame of the door for protection. The blood of Christ Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Watch me, and I shall be whiter than snow. So what is the hyssop doing here? Actually, I was reading that the hyssop is used for cleansing. It's used for, um, for cleansing um, um, leprosy. It's used for cleansing internally, uh, respiratory problems, digestive problems, different things. It's a, it's a, it has the properties of cleansing. But the hyssop only, doesn't have only properties of cleansing. The blood of Christ also has properties of what? Cleansing. cleansing. So, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. So, you see the symbol here that the blood on the dental and the doorpost was marking that house as being what? Cleansed. cleansed. The house is being cleansed. And he has, it has been claimed for God. Now, I was trying to look something that put attention or brought attention to my mind. You see, Jesus is standing at the door. Jesus is knocking at the door. And while Jesus is outside, listen to this. While Jesus is outside, the lintel and the doorpost are not covered with his blood. Jesus is outside. It's not covered with his blood. Do you see when the passover was offered they put blood on the lintel and they they, they, they the the lamb if rose is roasted inside they cannot go out it's roasted inside they had to eat it inside you see the lamb is inside the house the lamb is not outside the lamb is inside the house And the blood means that the lamp is inside the house. If the lamp is outside the house, there is no blood on the frame of the door. There is no blood. So is with us, brothers and sisters. Unless we open the doors of our hearts and allow Jesus to enter into our hearts and have dinner with us you see have dinner with us in other words eat of the lamb eat the lamb that's how jesus have dinner with us we eat the lamb and when we are eating the lamb the lintel the doorpost of our hearts Are marked with the blood of Christ. But not only that, that's a symbol that you and me have been claimed for God. You are His, you belong to His. And as the bully, you remember the bully? As my cousin did that he stepped between me and the bully. Now Jesus is stepping between you and the plagues, Because you have been separated for God. And you cannot be touched. The blood of Christ is a symbol of protection and deliverance. For I will pass through the the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn on the land of Egypt, both men and beasts. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, says the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign. What shall be? A sign for you. Shall be a sign for you, shall be a sign for me. On the house on your hearts where you are and when I see the blood when I see the blood when I see your heart when I see the doors of your heart and I see the blood of Christ what it says I will pass over and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt brothers and sisters Egypt is a symbol of this world that's what Egypt is it's a symbol of of this world it's a lost land full of sin and God is asking his people to come out of Egypt now you know plagues are coming soon we don't know when But we know as things are moving in this world, we know that plagues are coming again over this world. Let me read you from Revelation 15, verse 1. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. Plagues are coming again against Egypt. And only those that have the blood of Christ. In the lintel and doorpost. Those that are eating the lamb. Those where Jesus has opened the door. And Jesus has entered. And they are eating the lamb. God says. That he will pass over them. You see. The second coming of Christ. Is soon. We know that. And only those. That have Christ in their hearts. Will be able. To walk with him. And live forever. And that was the promise. Of the Passover. Passover. The promise of the Passover was a better land. Canaan. And the promise of the Passover today is redemption. Is taking you to a better land. The heavenly Canaan. Where God will be our leader. Actually, Jesus will live among us. Our captain. Our God. Will live among us. Actually the earth. Will become the capital of the universe. That's how much Jesus loves you. Not only that. God wants you to be a prince. And a king. In his kingdom. That is what he has for you. So I invite you. To allow Christ into your heart. I ask you to open the doors of your heart. Such that you can eat the lamb. The Passover lamb. And have eternal life. Because you have been covered with the blood of Christ. May God bless you. And keep you. May God bless you. Amen.